our new immortal Hulk for all intents and purposes. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power up suits and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today for what is our 100th episode of HPP, like, whoa, is the one and only Nate from the Gamers Guild. What's happening, my guy? Uh, lots. I feel like that's a silly question, Will. Lots. Lots <laughs> is happening. And also, congratulations on 100 episodes, man. Yeah, thanks, dude. It's uh, surreal and amazing and humbling that people have stuck around this long. You know, it's it's really great. I love talking about MCP, and I, I'm hoping for another 100 awesome episodes. And stay tuned for later on in this episode for some fun announcements because, you know, hashtag giveaway inbound. So with that, Nate, talking about a lot that's going on in the MCP world today. Let's just dive right in here. And holy mini stravaganza, dude. Like, that thing was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so many great announcements. A lot of different angles that the announcements hit as well as we're about to dive into both in reveals, but also just the future of MCP and what that holds. Yeah. It's crazy how much stuff they gave. And while... I feel like this year's mini stravaganza to me was kind of better in a lot of ways than the last one. I can see how people kind of had some expectations that weren't met, but I think that uh -huh. ultimately what we got is better than what some of the expectations were out there. But we'll dive into that here in just a minute. And first off, let me just go ahead and say thank you to all the suits out there for uh, sticking with me here through all these 100 episodes and thank you to all of our suits over on our patreon you can find it over there at patreon.com slash house party protocol we've uh, kind of been having some fun with this mini stravaganza we did a little contest where um guess five characters that you expect to see revealed that are unannounced so things like juggernaut or colossus wouldn't count because we already knew those were coming but mm -hmm. it was things that were unannounced and you get a model pack if you get you know whoever has the most right and then the tiebreaker was obscurity of characters <laughs> so it's like just whatever kind of obscure character you put on the list that would be the tiebreaker and obviously subjective and fun but we had two people get three out of the five choices right and so they each had some pretty obscure characters so they're each getting a model pack so you know, nice little fun way to give back to our Discord community and our patron community over there. So that's shout out to uh, Schultze and Brent. And uh, I really appreciate everyone over there and uh, having a really good time and good conversations. So, Nate, we have a laundry list of spoilers from this mini stravaganza. And the big topic that we're going to talk about today is what happened on the final day, actually. So, uh, for those of you that didn't see any of the streams or haven't necessarily been engaged lately, the final 
stream that AMG did was basically a future of MCP kind of thing, I guess you'd say, right, Nate? Yeah. So what they did is they revealed some core rule changes, and they also revealed some updated stat cards and some changes to how stat cards are going to work going forward for some of our older tried-and-true characters. And we're going to dive into those stat cards here in a few minutes and talk about what those changes mean for MCP. But the main topic we're going to talk about today is kind of the core rule changes and how that kind of shakes up everything. But before we dive into that, let's talk about what all was spoiled. Nate, you've got the laundry list, right? Uh, I have the laundry list. So let's jump into that. What what all did they reveal at this mini stravaganza? All right, so you want everything, everything, or do you want just the last day laundry let's, list? Let's everything, everything, and then we'll we'll save the last thing for, you know, the, the last day stuff be the last thing we talk about. Cool. I don't have that laundry list, but I can name what I know off the top of my head. Oh, darn it. <laughs> my bad. Anyway, <laughs> so the first thing we started off getting were the character cards for Miss Marvel and Hulkbuster slash also Iron Man because they're technically different characters and that's why the leadership has to be worded a little bit funkily and all that. We then got the kind of a bit too early of a preview from Asmodee's website on some new character packs and a terrain pack featuring Juggernaut Colossus, Magic, Rogue, and Gambit. And then we even got to see Magic's and Rogue's character cards and a whole slew of tactic cards that are coming in those packs and even a new Crisis that is coming with those packs. Oh, yeah. And the terrain pack, just so you know, is like a Sentinel terrain pack, which is sounds <laughs> really cool, like a downed Sentinel thing. And then they also showed a Blackbird terrain piece off. What? Was that confirmed? I don't know. I'm, I'm hyped for it, if so, but I, I just wasn't sure. It was in the video, so I'm going to say yes. Okay, I'll cross my fingers. Exactly. What else, Nate? I think it? that was it, at least for MCP. There's a whole ton of other Star Wars Legion and X-Wing things. Yep, and I'm sure that some great content creators out there for those things are covering those. But let's go ahead and talk real quick about the reveals kind of really quickly here and we knew Hulkbuster and Ms. Marvel were coming because they had kind of talked about those a little bit and if you look at kind of the sequence of when things were going to be revealed those were the next things on the list and mm -hmm. I'm really excited to talk about those next week's House Party Protocol episode will be all about those two characters so make sure to tune back in for that but rapid reaction Nate what did you think of those two characters? Uh Hulkbuster, extremely excited for. Uh, I'm, I've been a big Tony fan. He's one of my like three Marvel characters, top three. But Core Iron Man really wasn't doing it for me. Uh, both in play style and synergies, and he's really only recently found a home. So really excited for Hulkbuster. I've done a couple proxy games with him. He works real good. Ms. Marvel, I am whelmed by. I think she's going to bring... She she herself is good, but the character personally doesn't excite me like some of these other ones do, uh, and I'm not really sure where I would put her or, more importantly, who I would replace for her at the moment. 
Yeah, I'm with you on Hulkbuster. Super stoked for that one. It looks like a super fun model and has a mechanic that, uh, let's just say, chase that dragon. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> you know, we're going to make that the, the new thing. So we've got dice are going to dice. We had reset the clock at one point, and now it's going to be chase that dragon because, good Lord, I am going to be chasing that dragon. That and then, the dragon chase. I mean, it's it, there are worse dragons to go after, I would say. So... That one sounds really fun. I'm really excited for Hulkbuster and kind of just the play style things that he brings to the game for such a high threat character. And then Ms. Marvel. Like, I love the transform mechanic. I think it's a really cool mechanic that at this point has been somewhat underutilized by characters that are kind of less popular. Not necessarily bad characters, just less popular. And I think mm -hmm. Ms. Marvel is decent. I don't love what I saw on her card. I'm not super excited by what she brings to MCP, but I think that she comes with a tactics card that kind of makes her a lot more interesting in certain combinations of lists. And I think that with some of the rules we're going to talk about from the final day, that's makes her that much more interesting, I think. so. Yeah, that much more exciting for sure. Exactly. So, like, overall, hot take... On, on Ms. Marvel, I'd say I'm, I'm lukewarm, but I think that she has potential to be pretty cool and could be one of those characters that kind of gets overlooked initially and then kind of has a, a resurgence once people kind of get more and more games in with her. So, Yeah, she, she packs a very consistent punch maybe three times a game. That Yep, and, I, I, and that's fair. And sometimes that's going to get you what you need. Sometimes that's enough. Exactly. So... Next up, we had Magic and Rogues cards that were spoiled, and what did you think of those two? They're both nutty. Oh my uh, god, right? <laughs> uh, I, Magic is one the, a character that I was not expecting uh, whatsoever to really just be in this game before so many of the other more notable and more iconic X-Men, uh, but she is is one of my favorite mutants, so... Her coming into the game having a probably the best sculpt out of this lineup, in my opinion. Uh, and then also a fantastic character card. I am uh, beyond excited. Yeah, I am incredibly stoked for Magic. And I think that the sculpt is amazing. Like, coming out of a portal with the sword, like, what is going on? I just, it's so cool. And, uh, yeah, her rules look amazing and fun. And, and I can't wait. What do you think of Rogue? Rogue, I think, is a really good four-threat brawler. She has... It, it's kind of one of those characters that it's like, hey, they have one job, and we're going to give them the tools for that job. And so she's going to be really good at that one job of getting into a fight and just being a brawler. If you want to start trying to get her to do other things, she's not going to be as good in those roles, but the, that one thing she's really good at. That's really uh, an interesting take on that. I am going to, you're going to hear it right here, right now. She is one of the best four threat characters in the game. Right now, if you put her on the table, I think she'd be one of the best four threat characters in the game. And I think that she is going to see a lot of play and be very meta, if you will. Like, so if you want to think just a quick tier situation, if you want to go there, like you've got Enchantress and Medusa are kind of like, the femme fatales, right? And and I think mm -hmm. that that Rogue is 
just a half step behind those two. Yeah, I, I can definitely see her cracking easily, easily top ten, maybe top five for me without even having played with her or tested her. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious about affiliations because that's going to answer a lot of the questions that we currently have. Like, sure, she'll be an X-Men, but is she going to be an A-Force? Is she going to be in Brotherhood? Because there I think she starts running tables really well. Is she even possibly going to be an Avenger? So there, there's some questions for me surrounding it, but right now uh, Enchantress, Medusa, Vision uh, will, will remain my top three. I, I feel that. So, yeah, just... Just, just put that in the back of your mind, Suits, that uh, you heard it here first. Probably, I don't know if you heard it here first, because other people have posted online, but whatever. HPP says it. It's law. So there you go. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I, you know, people have told me that I laugh at my own jokes too much, and I don't care. So, Nate, we also got some information on Juggernaut, but we didn't get the card. And... From what I hear, he sounds pretty interesting. So I think Schick said he has 16 total health, which sounds like a pretty beefy boy. Yep, he. Uh, I did not hear that, but I believe that. Uh, what I have heard is that he is going to be 5 threat and Gambit will be 3. Oh, wow. Okay, so very interesting. And I really like the Juggernaut sculpt. I like the Gambit sculpt too, so... I'm excited to see what these characters bring to MCP, and I'm sure that we'll probably get reveals for those guys a little later on down the line. But uh, I'm probably say out of what's remaining, I'm most excited for Juggernaut and Colossus personally, just because I'm, I know, like, if Colossus is not in X Force, they did something wrong, and so like X Force needs more stuff. <laughs> so he's already been revealed for X Force. That's it. See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. See, see, told you that. That that was a thing. You're welcome. <laughs> That's what I said. We knew he's coming. It was because he's on the X-Force card. So there you go. But, yep. you know, they could always walk that back. I don't know. Either way, I'm excited for that one. And with that, Nate, now let's go ahead and talk about the changes to MCP. And, well, let me ask you this. Should we go ahead and talk about what the changes are from that final day? Or should we go ahead and do show questions and kind of talk about the changes as they come along? Let's uh, let's dive into those questions because I, I've peeked through some of them and some of them do indeed ask about some of the changes. So we probably end up bouncing back and forth a little bit here. Okay, I like it. So here we go. First up, we have Brent. Here, here's one right here. With the announcement of some cards being changed, do you think Green Goblin might get a change? If you took the affiliation ability and it didn't cost one power to use, would that make it overpowered? Or would that make Green Goblin an auto-include now as opposed to ruining leaderless Spider-Foes? So this is a kind of a thick question. Let's start with, yes, AMG revealed new stat cards for Hulk, MODOK, Shuri, and Captain America Steve Rogers. So... They have and just to clarify, not just new in the sense that all character cards are getting a new layout, which is a, a thing that I'm personally very excited about. Uh, it's it's going to open up a lot of accessibility issues mm-hmm. to the cards. It is a flashbang <laughs> to the face, though, with all that white. It, it is. I, I hope something tones that down a little bit. We'll see. Uh, but also, 
there are changes to some of these character cards. That's right. So there, there are updated rules and stuff like that. And after we go through the questions, we'll go through exactly what changed on these cards because we should have enough time. But let's talk about what Brent says here. Green Goblin. I think absolutely Green Goblin is on the list of characters that could be changed. I know on the final stream, Nate, that they mentioned something about, I think, the f first 60 cards or 60 yeah, characters? Somewhere between 50 to 60 is not the number of cards changed, but that is the how far out that they considered uh, phase one of Marvel Crisis Protocol, so to speak. And those are the cards that are getting the, the second look. Okay, so... Green Goblin falls within that window, and as the, I guess, I mean, look, I still think one of the best sculpts in the game. Everything that's been revealed has been great. I think the sculpts have consistently gotten better even, but I still love Green Goblin. I mean, it just captures that character just so amazingly. So it's a model I want to see on the table more. And, yeah, I think he might get a change. And do I think that that change will encompass a Spider-Foe's leadership change? Maybe. But in terms of the math of the Spider-Foe's leadership, it is one of the most powerful in the game in terms of forcing your opponent to re-roll a defense die. However, the fact that it costs one power in an affiliation full of characters that have a hard time generating power and have a lot of things to spend that power on, it's it could do with, I think, the X-Force treatment. Whereas, you know how wet works? It's a re-roll and attack die once per attack. Or, yeah, like once once in a, a, you know... Once per turn. Once per turn, yeah, that's what I was looking for. So, I think Spider-Foes, if you just do it a once per turn thing, it could be really good. And probably not broken. Yeah, it, it, that's, that one's definitely pushing borderline because it statistically, in some regards, is better than uh, the X-Force reroll with Wetworks, uh, depending on what your opponent's dice pool and what they count as successes and some other stuff uh, to be taken into account, but still a very powerful ability. Right, so I don't necessarily think that you go about changing that. Uh, it just like If they're going to, I think they go that way with what you said with X-Force. But what I think they could do very simply is just make Pumpkin Bombs a flat builder. Like, one power when he uses it, period. That, or give it a, a five dice yep. pool instead of four. Oh man, how cool would it be if he has five dice on his healthy side and then he flips over his injured and his Pumpkin Bombs goes to six, but they maybe no, shorten the No, 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 no. I didn't say that. Hold on. <laughs> I'm just saying, no, I'm saying like, okay, so it goes from... Range four, five dice, and then when he goes to his injured side, Pumpkin Bombs goes to, like, range three, six dice. They're gross. That would be awesome. Them, yeah. Stop it. <laughs> All right, hey, AMG, if you're listening, like, let's do that. Uh, no, I, I definitely think Green Goblin is one of the two characters hit hardest by the drop-off banning, and I think that those two characters were definitely taxed the most because of drop-off. Yeah. So I, I definitely think Green Goblin is one of the characters that gets a buff. Yep. Well, and that leads us into the next question. Uh, BF Trick or uh, Pat Rowland out there. What up, Pat? Who are your top five characters that need a tune-up? Who are your top five characters that need a nerf? 
So you mentioned one of the two characters hit hardest by the drop-off ban. I think Ultron mm-hmm. definitely needs a tune-up. He's he's up there on my list. And then what what do you have for a tune-up, Nate? Ooh, uh, I think Star-Lord and Gamora are definitely both up for need a little bit of a rework. Okay, so let's keep when it I'm thinking theme. that first uh, first wave. Uh, I guess I have six. Because uh, also Bullseye needs a, a whole lot of love. And I think Hella could use a little bit of help. Interesting. So I think I agree with you 100% on Star-Lord and Gamora. I think Groot could could use a little help because, I mean... He doesn't do anything. <laughs> and, you know, sticking with the Guardians theme. And I think that ha- opens up a whole lot of things there. And then, let's see, who else could use just that tiniest bit of love? Uh, I mean, you, you nailed kind of the big ones. Yeah. I would say. I mean, Iron Man also definitely yeah. uh, deserves the honorary mention. And Winter Soldier, these are characters that just maybe need their kit a little bit more focused or a little bit more tuned. Right. So maybe they lose something to gain something uh, that makes them a little bit more specialized. Yeah, and I think that's that's definitely the way to think about it. Winter Soldier is definitely one that I would like to see. And also, maybe Punisher. And if nothing else, just by giving him an affiliation, I think that, that him not having an affiliation really hurts his, his play. Come on, Thunderbolts. <laughs> there you go. So what about nerfs? Um, top five characters that you think need a nerf. I'm going to go, and I know you're going to hate me. I know you're about to hate me. Medusa, Enchantress, and Valkyrie, all three need a nerf. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, like, and it doesn't have to be anything big. Like, it can be, it can be subtle changes, but changes enough to where it's less consistent to have these amazing results with them. Yeah. And I think, and I think with what we have seen on Modox and how his bow has changed and how Mr. Sinister's uh, bow effect has, was already written as once per turn. uh, I feel pretty confident that we'll see some of her abilities go to once per turn, which is that balancing factor that uh, I think people are looking for there. I'm not sure right off the top of my head what Medusa needs to uh, to get balanced out. Yeah, I don't know exactly what I would demand in terms of changes for her, but I think ultimately you have to factor in that she has a built-in reroll, and it's just like her consistency is just so crazy. Yeah, when when you're fishing for that wild, you really get six dice. Exactly. So, I think. Those are my, those are the three that I can think of, like right off the top of my head. Other than that, I don't think there's anyone that's like, you know, nerf this character. Uh, I mean, I guess you could say Corvus, maybe. I, I think Corvus is about where he need. You know, like, he he's one of those characters that has one job. He's probably the best at five threat once he has the reality gem at doing that one job. But at that point, you're devoting five, if not eight, threat to removing enemy characters where all the other five threat characters have a lot more going on on their card typically 100 percent uh i think okoye is a two that needs to be tuned down fair uh, yeah i think that's good i think i don't know how to go about that i think her general the door milage is so good and helps her be so consistent and hit above her weight class and take punches above mm-hmm. her weight class that maybe you could make that range limited 
Yeah, give it to give it the martial artist range or something. Something like that. That might be good. Um, and I just thought of another one that I think definitely needs a tune up, and it's because it's a character I just love so much, and it's Wolverine. And do not ask me where to start with him, but my God, he needs some love. I think fastball special is all the love he needed. I mean, it helps him a lot. I think, but we shall I, see. I think what we what what we want. And what we kind of see happen with Shuri, uh, probably Black Panther getting his push reduced. I, this is me talking about stuff we're going to talk about later, I guess. But uh, it, it's not so much about trying to make uh, A and B characters are where they need to be. Your core Spider-Man and Doc Ock are like right where they probably should be at home. Uh, people won't necessarily like me saying that about probably those two characters at all. Uh, but I think as long as you are comfortable taking a character in affiliation, that that's really all you want. You, you want them to have one in affiliation homes and to be good at what that affiliation is wanting to do. That is it right there, Nate. You nailed it. It's, it's all about what they do in affiliation. And I think that the conversation around characters and changes to characters and stuff like that st- comes from a place of, this character needs to be universally good everywhere I take them versus, well, let's look at what they do within the context of where they're aligned. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're getting at, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. I think it all has to be looked at from that lens instead of the broad Valkyrie's good everywhere, you're never going to go wrong taking Valkyrie, you know, kind of discussion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's good. It's good. So, next up we have John Harris. Alongside those we've already seen, who from the early release do you feel would benefit from a rebalance, and what would you like to see? So, I think we just had that discussion more or less, so refer back to that. And I'd say core box-wise, there's not really anybody else core box. I mean, maybe Captain Marvel needs some love just to get her to see more table time because she's such a great character. And we know that she's getting a little bit of love. We're not sure the full extent at this point, but we know at the very least that her uh, binary form is going down to four power. That seems bonkers. That does not. I mean, I don't don't know. Seems good. It's real good, but it ain't bonkers. Okay, we shall see. When you're rolling six dice with full rerolls into people. Yeah, I've been doing that since the beginning of the game. It's fine. Exactly. It's perfectly fine. So... Any other like kind of notable ones for you? No, I think we we covered it pretty well. I think so too. With we, the Modoc balance, over our, our five that uh, BFT gave us. Yeah. With the Modoc balance, do we see more of the original Mystic users getting more time to shine? Also, with the addition of two more Tactics cards, are they going to give us a third restricted card to use, or stay at two? So let's talk about the first thing, and then we'll get into, like, what do you mean two extra tax cards? So I don't think that we will see Mystic users getting kind of a more time to shine situation. I think we're about to see a massive Mystic wave that is going to kind of just have Mystic being more popular in general. Yeah, Modoc for, I think, the longest time was the only character with a Mystic builder. Not just a mystic attack, because uh, we got that as early as, I think, Hela and Loki. Mm-hmm. But as a mystic builder, MODOK kind of... We, we all have this image of MODOK. Uh, and 
now I guess we should go ahead and mention uh, what Iron Mag was talking about with Modok's balancing. Uh, so Modok did not get a buff. Much rather, uh, a couple of his abilities got nerfed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to talk about those? Yeah, let's go ahead. Get, get, go ahead and dive into it. Absolutely. So, first of all, his bow to the will of Modok, uh, the ability that lets you choose an enemy character within range three and advance that character short, instead of once per character per turn, is now just once per turn. So his control ability has been reduced greatly. Yeah, still very strong, but a a big change. Absolutely, still very potent. Uh, similarly, P-Brain, his reroll ability, where he can spend X to reroll an X number of dice, uh, the timing has been changed to what we all originally thought that the timing was, <laughs> and what AMG showed on their streams. And I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole. But more importantly, uh, the change here is that this superpower can now only be used once per turn. So both his defense and offense can still be consistent, but only for one die roll at a time. Which I think is so great, because I've definitely had those moments where I've attacked into MODOK, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm just going to spend three power and P-Brain these defense dice real quick. Oh yeah, I just blocked everything now. Mm-hmm. And that feels terrible versus like being you can actually reliably damage him, I think now. And he's look, I will say these changes aren't so significant that he's not still going to be a powerhouse. Like Modok is still going to be pretty damn good. But I think that if, these challenges. If you see Cabal across the table, you you can likely see Modok, especially if Red Skull is in that list. Hundred percent. And these changes just bring him to a point of being above the five threat curve. Like you could have argued that he was closer to a sixth threat with his with his previous iteration, and now he feels like a five threat. He, he feels like he does a lot, but he doesn't do so much that it's just out of control. Yeah. So, and also these new stat cards are going to be available for print on the AMG website, which I think is wonderful. Woo woo! Uh, yeah. Not not enough props given to AMG for the style and how they're handling. Uh, this transition to MCP 1.5, essentially. Uh, major, major kudos to the team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that was the discussion around MODOK. So let's go back here and talk a real quick about the two tactics cards. So that's another big change. Uh, that is one of the other big changes, is tactic cards are going from 8 to 10 during the roster construction process. Thank you, AMG. Thank you. Seriously, like, the hardest part of roster construction, for me, has always been what tactics cards to take. Because, especially with these more recent releases, I mean, look at what they spoiled on stream with Rogue, with Magic, with Juggernaut, with all these new releases, they get more and more specific on the tactics cards. So when you're building your roster, having to say, well, Brace for Impact's too good not to take. Med Pack's too good not to take. Field Dressing, too good not to take. All You've Got, too good not to take. All these other cards, whatever, Bitter Rivals, too good not to take. Disarm, too good not to take. You know, the, these cards that you just like stack and stack up of like these are great cards so i have to take them because they're just too versatile and therefore i'm leaving out some really cool card that really has a powerful effect but it's only for this one specific character or this one specific instance i think them 
saying, well, here, you're going to have two extra tactics card slots. And with the way that the banned and restricted list works and will be an evolving document, I could see a scenario where we are having more of those cool effect cards and like the Miles and Ms. Marvel card, that kind of thing come in. I, I think it'd be mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to answer the second half of the, uh, really getting into the question because 10 tactic cards is wonderful, especially because of one of the other changes I'm sure we'll be hitting on here in a moment. Uh, I doubt that we will be seeing a third restricted card uh, because then that is just a third card that is generically good, like the Bitter Rivals, like the All You've Got, like the Med Pack that Will already mentioned, that's going to be seeing your roster. Yep. Uh, I could see maybe a third being added to the 10, and then you can still only bring two into the game, but then that gets a little bit wonky and clunky rules-wise. Just a little bit, not a lot, but it's one of those things, kind of like they said during the stream when they were revealing this, it's like, well, we had 10 characters, why don't, instead of making it 10 and 8, we just do 10 and 10? Uh, yeah. So for the sake of keeping it very straightforward, I, I don't see a third restricted card being able to be added anytime soon. I completely agree with that. And I think if you just want kind of my gamey take on it, I don't think they should, frankly. I think that two restricted cards with our especially current iteration of the banned and restricted list and then what we expect to be added to the banned and restricted list, two of those cards is plenty. And then again, it brings in those like more fun and, and wild things you can do with tactics cards. And I mean, I know as like web warriors especially with kind of all the stuff that they can do and and adding in some iron fist love and stuff like having a lethal protector all webbed up heroes for hire like those three cards in there and not taking other stuff because those three things are cool you know i want to be able to have more of that cool stuff you know yeah so, there's that and then we've got web warrior protocols here winter soldier needs help they won't give a third restricted card. And, well, there you go. That's what he has comment. He's commenting there, so I like that. Yep. Spider J2 says, With the new rules around the Infinity Gems in a Guardians of the Galaxy list, who gets the Power Gem, Star-Lord or Ronin? But wait a minute, Nate. New rules around Infinity Gems, what's that, pray tell? Pray tell, sir. <laughs> uh, so now, gems must be assigned to characters at roster creation instead of during squad creation. But, because of this additional cost, they no longer take up a spot during roster construction. So they no longer take up a character slot. So, what do you mean when you say assigned at roster creation? So, let's say we're taking the most gem-heavy list, which is Black Order. And typically you would bring uh, reality for Corvus and then a combination of power, mind, and time so that Thanos can kind of be flexible and fit the situation. It no longer works like that. If you want Corvus equipped with the reality gem, during roster creation, you say, instead of just, oh, I want Corvus, you say, oh, I want reality gem Corvus. Okay. And if I want Thanos, I want just mind, st uh, mind gem Thanos. And that is the only way he can be taken in a game after that point. So if you were trying to build out a list, Thanos will only ever be 7 threat. Corvus will only ever be 5 threat. 
Okay, so let me ask you this. Does that mean that I can have two versions of Corvus, one with and one without in my roster? Unfortunately not. Uh, there was another change that I'll, uh, I'll touch on real quick because there's not a huge impact with it. And that is you can now have multiple characters with the same alter ego in your roster, but not on the board at the same time. So this is for Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man, Core Widow and Agent Widow, Hulkbuster and Core Iron Man. And I'm sure that list is going to continue to expand quite happily. Uh, But you still can only take one Spider-Man Peter Parker. Well, that's in the squad on the table at a time. But here's here's what I'm I'm asking, Nate. Can I have two versions of Corvus in my roster? No, because you can only have one Corvus Glaive, Alter Ego Corvus Glaive. Okay. I'm confused now. I know I can't have multiple alter ego versions. You mean because it's Corvus Glaive, alter ego Corvus Glaive, as in his name is Corvus Glaive with his alter ego being Corvus Glaive. So it has to be yeah. different different superhero names but can have the same alter ego. Yes. Got it. I think. Except then you get into... You, not exactly yes, because then there's Spider-Man, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Spider-Man Peter Parker. Right. So like you can, they can still have the same name as long as the alter ego is different in that yeah, regard. They, they can't double up both alter ego and superhero. You right. can't have both of those things be the same. Okay. And for those of you wondering, these rule documents will be updated, quote, later this year. So this isn't, this is official stuff, but it hasn't actually been laid out in terms of the ruliness of it. Yep. Very unofficial wording coming from us. Right. Uh, but we, but this is what they talked about on stream and talked about other stuff. So the only reason why I bring that up is just because I'm sure out there people are listening like, wait a second, how can I break this real quick? So what you can't do basically is you can't have a Corvus with the reality gem and a Corvus without the reality gem in your roster because gems have to be assigned, but you also have to be able to have, you know, the different alter egos or different superhero names. It's com- I think it's complicated, but I think it makes sense when you think about it. Yeah, it, it's very straightforward, the wording on it. Uh, I look forward to having the official wording so I can just point at that instead of having to explain it like this. Exactly. So now that we've talked about these crazy Infinity Gem things, Guardians list, who gets the power gem, Star-Lord or Ronin? Because cur- you can still only have one of each gem in your roster. Oh, that's a that's okay. There you go. You can only have one. That's also a nice little change. So you can't have Ronin with the power and Star-Lord with the power. For me, Star-Lord gets it. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I think Star-Lord gets it, especially as currently constructed. But like we said, we think he's one of those characters that needs a a tune-up. So maybe once he gets a tune-up, that would change. Uh, Very possibly. Right now, the the chance for the the turn one full auto is uh, well worth keeping uh, it on him for me. Uh, Ronin in a ultimate encounter, having the turn one judgment ability though is well worth it in those scenarios. It, it's all a little bit of a, a coin flip and stuff, but my personal preference is Star Lord. I completely agree there. Next, we've got Leland with the Hulk redesign. Who is target number one for Hulk to smash? And yes, there has been a massive Hulk redesign. Target number one, I have to say, it's got to be Loki just because of the scene in the Avengers movie, like we have a gif of here in our show questions tab on our Discord. (laughs) 
you know, it wasn't the, until the third time that I saw this movie in theaters that I actually knew what that line was because the audience was always laughing so loud during that scene. I couldn't hear what Hulk said. Oh, really? Puny God? Yeah. Love it. Yeah, Puny I mean, it's got to be Loki. Hulk's got to smash Loki. But other than that, who would you say Hulk should smash? Uh, whoever is best, at, most apt to killing Hulk because it is no longer everyone. That is correct. And let's talk about those Hulk changes real quick, Nate. Let's. Uh, you want to uh, cover powers or other stuff? Well, there's a lot. So let's just do like we normally do. Let's. All right. So we've got Hulk Bruce Banner, and he has now a top stat line of four physical defense, three energy defense, and three mystic defense. Still 20 health, still six threat, still size four, and still short boy squad. Wow. Oh, boy. Okay. If that was it, that'd be pretty good. But then on his normal strike, there are two extremely significant changes. Extremely. What are they, Nate? One is that his builder, uh, or what would normally be considered a builder, is gone up from six dice to seven dice. So it punches pretty hard. Yeah. The other change is this is now actually a builder gulp. After the attack is resolved, this character gains power equal to the damage dealt. Oh, Lord. On a seven-dice attack. Yep. Help us. Yep. I mean, She-Hulk knows what this life is like, and it's good for her. Uh -huh. So, Right? Yeah. So. Uh, and it only gets better. What, uh, what superpower additions did he get? So, he got uh, a couple here. So, Gamma Leap, strongest one there is. Those are the same. They haven't changed. However, we have a new superpower. It's reactive. Hulk, not puny banner. For three power, while this character is defending against a physical or energy attack, during the modified dice step of the attack, it may use this superpower. This character may re-roll, wait for it, any number of its defense dice, including failure results. Oh. Nate, I think we just found the big bad of MCP. We we found ourselves a tanky boy, uh, and unfortunately, you're still not none reading all the changes. No, I'm still not. So, uh, next up, we have uh, Inner Rage, still the same, gets two power. You won't like me when I'm angry now changes as well. Mm -hmm. Add one die to this character's attack rolls for every four damage it has. Additionally... If this character would flip its stat card to the injured side, it is KO'd instead. And then he has immunity to poison and stun. So, on the bright side of things here, You Won't Like Me When I'm Angry uh, now caps his additional dice at 4. If he's taken 16 damage or more, uh, he gets 4 additional attack dice on top of whatever it was, instead of the possible up to extra 6 dice. Yeah, which is a good change, but still, he's already starting at seven. <laughs> he's starting at seven. It really, it, I think, if anything, it really just tones down the the damage that his thunderclap and impact that that one can have. Yeah, but uh, the with everything else that he is getting for his defenses, uh, a change to his offense is is a well needed balancing factor. It is so. What do you think of the new Hulk? 
Uh, he is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, this is nuts. Gamma Leap is still a lot of movement. He's still got Gamma Launch that he can do turn one. I mean, dude, I think Hulk is about to see a big come up. And I think it's a good thing. He's, he's one of the best characters in Marvel. Right? He's one of the greatest characters that Marvel's ever made. The current Immortal Hulk run of comics is just unbelievable. So if you haven't read that, check that out. But they finally made Hulk feel like Hulk. Like, he was always, like, able to spike some crazy damage, right? Like, mm-hmm. but he was a liability in that once he was in that place where he could do the damage, he was more than likely to go down in one turn because everyone just focused on him. And you can still do that to Hulk. You can still focus down Hulk, but it's going to mm-hmm. just be a lot harder to do. Yep, the rerolls, uh, like it, you can get a very couple easy early shots into him uh, over the course of a, course of a turn when he doesn't have the additional reroll. Uh, he he maybe misses with his four physical defense or his energy, but later uh, he'll start having power to be durable, more likely to get that next activation. Exactly, and I think he's one of these models that whereas you could reliably get one and a half good turns out of him he's gonna be sticking around a lot longer and i think he's gonna be sticking around a lot longer than even she hulk does right now like she hulk's pretty tanky but nowhere near this tanky yeah the the defensive re-roll is huge and i think the biggest change really like the the defensive stuff is really nice but his immunity to stun and his strike getting power back are what's going to make him extremely dangerous. That's it. Like, being immune to stun, I mean, you want to talk about the another way to just deal with Hulk? Like, if, if you if you didn't put the immunity to stun on there, then these changes still wouldn't be... They would still be good, but they wouldn't be nearly as good, and it would still feel like less of a six-threat character. I mean, let's think about six threats worth of characters. Like, Hulk should be what we talked about with Modok for the first year and a half of this game, right? Like, that should have mm-hmm. been Hulk, given a six-threat character. Hulk should be in the conversation with what Magneto is in this game. Like, Magneto's a really good character in this game, and he should be. He's six-threat. Hulk should be talked about in the same level that Thanos has talked about. And I think, finally, we have that conversation, for real. Like, this feels like a character that is powered appropriately. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm I'm very excited for this. I think that uh, if you're a Hulk player out there or a Hulk fan and you've just kind of been disappointed about what Hulk is in MCP, I don't think you can be that way any longer because this version of Hulk is really great and you don't feel like you're putting Six Threat out there only to have it wiped off the board really fast. Yep, and I think that uh, the importance of assassin characters is going to, to rise. So your Killmongers uh, and the like will uh, probably see an uptick here for a little bit as we see A-Force kind of reemerge if all you've got hopefully gets banned, Hulkbuster coming onto the scene, uh, our new Immortal Hulk for all intents and purposes, uh, <laughs> yeah. getting some playtime. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to write on his card Immortal Hulk now. Because, like, seriously, you put him in Defenders, get that healing going? Oh, my God. Anyways, anyways, let's go on with these questions here. 
So we've got Brent. With the four characters that have been changed, do you think they will see more, the same, or less table time? Who got better? And for those that got worse, are they still really good? Parentheses Shuri. So we've talked about Modoc and Hulk. Let's talk about the other two, Nate. We've got Shuri and Captain America. So which one do you want to do first? Uh, let's do Shuri. Uh, really, both of them are pretty quick on the changes. Yeah, so uh, you go for it. Cool. Shuri, uh, her Panther Gauntlet attack that used to be able to push any target character short after the attack was resolved is now only size three characters. Uh, they, they have talked about uh, how important mobility is in the game and being able to uh, affect your opponent's character's position on the board. And while it was, it, it's something that they really had as a key focus at the beginning of the game, and it still is a big focus, but they kind of realized that some characters were able to bully a little bit more than they intended, thus the, res the restriction on MODOK, and now the restriction we're seeing on Shuri's Panther Gauntlets. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Upgrades also got an additional rewording here to yeah, match MODOK. Yeah, it got the same reroll timing that we now see on Hulk and MODOK's card, where you pay for rerolls when you would actually modify the dice instead of at the beginning of the thing. Exactly. So what changed on Captain America? Oh, my boy. Captain America, uh, now his push and throw off of the strike and shield slam, respectively, both got increased to size three from size two uh, because if he, I mean, he's a super soldier. Exactly. Surely he can throw size three. Yeah. Uh, but probably most importantly for the uh, Avengers players, Shield Throw, in addition to now getting him a guaranteed power, similar to what we see on Sam's Shield Throw, uh, Steve throws that shield a little bit harder, and it's now a range 4, 5 strength attack. Yes, yes. So I love that. I think that that extra die is going to be really good, and and you're not going to have to feel like, well, I guess I'll Shield Throw. Mm -hmm. you yeah, know? And it's... The, the, there's a lot of contributing factors. Uh, you get in a little bit more chip damage. It nets Steve guaranteed power for him to be able to be that consistent bodyguard that we all know him to be. Uh, and that extra dice gives him a better chance at the ricochet, which then means another power for Steve. Yeah, I think this is just one of those things where it's like it's a simple change. The, the, the push and the throw are great, but I think the shield throw is kind of the simple change that really makes Steve feel like he's not like you're not paying a leadership tax at this point with him. Mm -hmm. Right. So like now I think he's at least able to kind of contribute a little more and be reliable with his bodyguard. Cause one of the things you could do with him before was just ignore him. Then he doesn't have power and he only gets to bodyguard, you know, once or twice a turn maybe, you know, whereas now, you can more reliably bodyguard into a vibranium shield, which is exactly what you think Captain America should be doing all the time. And, like, I didn't hate the way he was originally, but I think this is just one of those things that just really kind of just brings him in line with kind of where the games move to. But it, mm -hmm. I don't, I, I want to preface that with, like, I don't think we've seen, like, this crazy amount of power creep. I think it's more just, like, versatility within the game. Mm -hmm. that makes sense uh, and I, I will say I think uh, size 3 on the strike isn't a huge deal but the guaranteed throw on a size 3 for his shield slam I think is pretty significant 
uh, a two dice six power attack with a guaranteed size three throw, uh, both for just control purposes, uh, along with the damage output is really nice to uh, to see on him and gives him a little bit more purpose than even just like having him a, a Hawkeye with bodyguard or something. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's that's definitely. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. So, yeah, uh, with the question being, though, will they see more, less, or the same table time? I think Shuri has already kind of seen less more recently, and I think it's just more because of just in general people just have played other stuff. But I think she'll definitely see less playtime than she was kind of in her heyday. I think Modoc will see about the same. I think Hulk will see a ton more, and I think Steve will see a fair bit more. Because the Avengers leadership with Steve Rogers is still one of the best affiliation leaderships in the game. So, but and, he still also doesn't have a ton of in affiliation characters that really benefit. Like Vision and now Hulk, admittedly, uh, are kind of the top two because they have that reactive ability that want, it wants, as well as powers during their turn. Yep. Uh, so I think. Modoc's going to see about the same amount of play because for a while now we haven't really seen Modoc dominating every single affiliation as more affiliations have come out, more five threat characters have come out. Uh, Shuri, I think, will see the biggest downtick in play, but she, like you already mentioned, had already been trending downward. Uh, and then Steve, a little bit more, but not necessarily a ton more. We've got three Avengers leaders now. Right. Uh, and Sam definitely has the most synergies within affiliation options. Uh, but Hulk is going to see a massive uptick in his previous numbers. Completely agree. So now we've got uh, Epic Titos says, just how big a change to the meta will randomly selecting crisis cards be? I can't imagine it will be a big change, especially as they continue to release new crises there's always be three that favor your team, and people will always game the system in that respect. I suspect this change is more for the other reason they gave, to make setup quicker and more accessible. So wait a second, he just said, crisis changes. Nate? To the reading board. <laughs> crisis selection will be randomly choosing one of your three possible cards instead of discarding one and choosing from the other two. So, if me and Will are playing a game, we will still roll our initial five dice. One of us will win priority. That person will then get to say, hey, I want to pick from the reds or the blues, the secures, the extracts, however you want to call them. And then instead of us discarding one and choosing from those, we'll just shuffle and draw one off the top. Yep, and... Uh... I will say this is one of those things where, like, from an etiquette perspective, I'm going to like sh mix them, match them, and then let my opponent choose one from there. Just Absolutely. Because, like, I wouldn't feel comfortable. Like, I mean, I know what three there are, and like, there's only three cards. So, quote unquote, shuffling with just three cards is, you know, it's kind of hard. So, like, I would just, you know, you you do whatever you want to do it out there, suits. I'm just saying, my personal etiquette is going to be to let my opponent like tap one of them to be the one I choose, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then that way it, it makes it easy and, and above suspicion in that regard. 
Yeah, that, that's definitely the, the way to do it, whether it's event or casual game night. You you want random to be random, and you want to make sure it looks random to both sides of the table. Exactly. So with this, though, talking about how it changes the meta, if you will, and I wouldn't say that there's been like this definitive crisis selection meta other than, you know, trying to force sword when you're playing against Black Order or A-Force or something so that they have to deal with the low points or something like that but mm. really i think what this does is create a more fair and balanced when you walk up to the table situation right because if you're going up against a black order i mean the boogeyman of mcp up to this point really you know what they want to do and if they have an opportunity to do it it's going to get done to you <laughs> you know mm -hmm. it's called murder that's that's what they want to do uh and now letting them, making it so they aren't able to flex into what they want as easily, I think is a good thing. And, yeah, I mean, what do you think, Nate? Uh, so one, I, I am still cautious about this change. Uh, I really liked a lot of the turn zero, uh, basically before the game even starts, elements and strategy to that to the point where if I have uh, some extracts and my opponent is playing Asgard or Web Warriors and they're like, cool, you pick extracts, I want to make sure I don't pick a extract that has a singular uh, thing in the a middle token to be picked up and ran away by a ASM or Angela. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to miss that kind of like, oh, this is a smart decision into this. Uh, but I do, I, I like the randomness, I like the purpose behind it, I, since day one, have loved the mission of what MCP and its goals are for this game, uh, and so in, in so many ways, I, I like it. But I will disagree, I think this is going to be an absolute game changer to how rosters are constructed. Interesting, yeah, well, I do think it is, I, I, I back up for a second i think it is going to be a big change for how rosters are constructed but in terms of just like massive meta shaking like i didn't really feel like there was this like big meta to begin with anyways personally but i'm not in the highly competitive bracket of things but where i think this is going to change things is one priority and and winning that role so that you know what color you're getting like, as someone who plays a ton of Web Warriors and is probably going to be playing Midnight Suns a lot here coming up, Web Warriors, you know, that D-shape secure is really good for them, right? Because they, they have the mobility to get around and do the stuff. It, it, there's a whole thing about why Ds are good, but it's you don't only have to go Ds, but that's just... They love the D. What can I say? Uh, <laughs> but now, there I know there are three secure crises that have a D-shape. So if I win that priority roll... I want to pick blue, so that way I guarantee I can get what I want in terms of shape. The only problem mm -hmm. is, it's the threat value. But I know, again, as a Web Warriors player, I have a lot of flexibility within my list to where I can adapt to pretty much any threat value that comes up. Mm -hmm. So I think in that regard, I'm with you that it's going to have implications for how things are going to be played in this sense of, like you said, turn zero stuff's going to be different. But I think it's still going to be there. That turn zero gamesmanship is still going to be there. And it's just going to have to be thought about in a different way. Yeah. Uh, and, and just running with the example and where I disagree with you, 
uh, I would never run spider portals as a secure, which I think is that third D extract. Yeah. Uh, because the, the web warriors are already a little bit weak on power and they don't want to be interacting with both secures and extracts. Uh, and so it, it, it's going to, to change some things, but more often than not, I think it changes things on the non-priority side uh, of being able to make sure that depending on what your opponent flexes into, uh, you have the tools to, to deal with whatever the threat total comes out to be, with whatever the, the mission scenario comes out to be, uh, because you could usually kind of have some counterpick play there. And so I think this is going to stress the importance of having dual affiliations again. Yeah, and I like that as someone who likes to play dual affiliation. With that, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm totally fine with it. I, I just do think that we're going to see a, a pretty significant change in how rosters are built around this. Yeah, I think that's really fair. And I I will say the the only negative I have for it, kind of, again, rapid reaction, I'll have to get some play in with it before I can really determine... I think the broad overall, but this is all just rapid reaction here. The only negative I have is that is, is like you said, the counter pick thing for if you have a bad matchup, it it's the ability to say, okay, well I have this bad matchup, but I do have the tools to deal with it. Let's see if I draw that. You mm-hmm. know. Was was kind of nice having those odds be somewhat better there. But I also the the kind of I don't know how to explain it, but the way MCP, like this was a really unique thing about MCP, about how each player brings with them a one half of the mission and had some pretty decent control over each of their halves, respectively. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like that that's just like a little bit of a negative in that it takes some of that agency away from the players. But I can see it ultimately being a good thing. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm kind of waffling uh, on that a little in, in how I'm trying to explain it, but I hope it's coming through. No, and, and I, I think exactly what you're trying to explain and what we, we kind of liked about that is also where we've seen some of the, the more competitively-minded people game that side of it and want to line up things that they're going to they're gonna be able to do really strong plays that uh, are difficult to, to interact and counter unless you have a specific plan. And so making those less consistent is exactly what I think AMG is uh, going for. Uh, but I think the, the the downside to that, I've already mentioned the strategy side. The other thing is I don't think we see as many of the kind of risky or different crisis cards being pulled in. So I don't think we see as many Wakandan herbs, mm-hmm. for example, put into lists. I think that's definitely, yeah. Yep, I'm with you there. Schultz says. That's all. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, I think that there's still a lot to unpack with this change, and and that this is probably the most like the most nuanced change. Mm-hmm. And, and it's one that we'll be able to revisit a few months from now and be like, okay, so th- this is what really this means, and and how you can talk about it. Like we did a show a while back. I mean, this was I guess uh, like a year ago now, where we talked about. What's more impactful, secures or extracts? And that has changed, I think, at this point in the game. But now with this change, it changes yet again. So it's something that we'll definitely be revisiting here on House Party Protocol. So tune back in. Schultze says, what are your 20-second hot takes on Hulkbuster's leadership ability 
and how to build a roster towards it. I think his leadership ability is super niche and or niche or however you say that word. And if you see a bunch of throws across the table or something, then yeah, use it. Otherwise, I would probably never use it. Uh, I think you got that in in uh, 20 seconds. And mine is of the uh, same thing of if you see you're going up against Brotherhood or Asgard, uh, you make Hulkbuster the leader. Otherwise, you don't use him as your leader. Still bring him. Uh, but it's not in a leadership ability that you build around. Completely agree. And, uh, yeah, that's all for our questions. So, Nate, real quick, before we finish this all up, I want to go ahead and tell the suits about our upcoming giveaway. I've been teasing it for quite a while now, and I think it's finally time to bring it out into the forefront. So what we're going to do is, instead of doing the spider wave, like I was really wanting to do that, but it kind of got broken up. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the convocation wave. And basically, when they release in the U.S. is when I will get the models and send them out to everybody. Otherwise, I'll have a date for the for the giveaway to end. It's going to be October 20th. So the October 20th date is when the giveaway is going to end. And then after that, as soon as I get the models, I'll send them out. But what we're going to do is we're going to have two winners. One winner is going to get the Dormammu pack. So lots of value crammed into that pack. I'm really excited for everything that comes in there. And then the other winner of this giveaway is going to get the rest of the convocation. So they're going to get Doctor Strange and Clea, Mordo, and Brother Ancient. Voodoo, and then also Ancient One. So you're going to have all the stuff. So I'm really excited for that. So make sure to check out our Facebook page and follow us there because that's where I'm going to post the giveaway. And make sure to tune it in right here. And we're going to go ahead and do our first secret code for this giveaway and that is going to be Convocation. What do you think, Nate? Sounds, uh, you know what, it makes sense. It does make sense. So our first secret code for this giveaway is going to be Convocation. So make sure to send us a message with that to our Facebook page. It's the best place to do it. You can email it. Uh, it's housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. I get those. I track those. That's fine. The number one best way, though, is to send us a message through Facebook because that's the easiest place for me to keep track of that stuff. And yeah, make sure to like and comment with uh, on the on the post. And uh, yeah, Nate, real quick, real quick, let's run down what we talked about today. What were the changes? And you can find all these changes on House Party Protocol's Facebook page. There, we made a post about it. So, real quick though, Nate, what are the changes? Tactic cards go from eight to ten during construction. Alter Ego rule change is that you can bring multiple characters of the same Alter Ego, but you cannot have multiple characters with the same superhero name and same Alter Ego. The Crisis Selection rule change is that you now draw one random from your three instead of discarding one and picking from the remaining two. Infinity Gems now come pre-attached to their characters in your roster construction instead of during the Squad Selection process. And finally, we are getting some updated character cards. Nice. So very excited to see all of those. We went through all of those in the show here and hope you enjoyed that. And make sure to tune back in for more House Party Protocol. We've still got more Hulkbuster and Ms. Marvel to break down. We've got Rogue and Magic to break down. We're probably going to have Colossus and Gambit and Juggernaut here very soon. And maybe a sweet Sentinel Terrain pack to talk about. <laughs> And uh, all that fun stuff. 
So make sure to tune in right here to House Party Protocol. And thanks again, all the suits out there, for listening to 100 episodes of me rambling on like a crazy man. And I really appreciate that. I can't, I cannot express my gratitude enough. And as a way to give back, make sure to check out our giveaway. And I hope that uh, everyone out there had a really fun mini extravaganza. And uh, we'll see you for 100 more. Make sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. And you can get access to our Discord and extra entries into our giveaways over there. And, uh, yeah, you might uh, get into some giveaways that I do just for Discord people. So, yeah, that's uh, another fun thing there, too. And, yeah, Nate, where can people find you? Guys, as always, I'm over on YouTube at the Gamers Guild. I've got a Marvel Crisis Protocol dedicated channel that has character reviews, battle reports, and anything else I can think of to throw together regarding Marvel Crisis Protocol. Love it. Party on, Nate. Party on, Will. And power down suits. <laughs> <laughs>